0: Welcome, and thank you for joining us for the Bread of Life. We are convinced that the Bible is God's holy word, perfect and without error. Its perfection delivers what is good and beneficial for those who hear it and heed it. It is perfect, for it leads us to the perfect one, the Lord Jesus. He is the Bread of Life. Let us seek Him together through God's word. Now here's our teacher, Joel Van Hugen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, we read a call given to us to be active in maintaining moral purity in our lives. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Uh, we have a couple of questions to answer then, don't we? What is the flesh that we need to keep clean? What is the spirit that we must clean as well? And finally, how exactly do we keep these two clean? It's a call to be holy, but how do we answer that call? Let's find out together. The law of command is fulfilled by the law of principle, which is Christ. Pouring his life into me and living his life out of me. Magnifying, exalting him. Expressing his holiness as I pursue, as I pursue moral excellence. When you live in this way, you become a light to those around you. Now in this endeavor to live a holy and moral life of excellence, a life that expresses the moral glory of God dwelling within us, we have to go forward by repeating the steps that God took us through when we began our Christian life. Let's make this our third point and last point. We are to carry out this endeavor after holiness by cleansing ourselves of sin. That's how it begins. See what it reads in the middle of verse 1 there? Chapter 7. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, Of flesh and spirit. Let me, for a moment, just explain to you what the filthiness of flesh is, at least what I think the filthiness of flesh is. Paul's talking about my body, your body. And your body houses your soul, which is the non material part of you here's what I think are the three functions or main functions that your body provides you. You you know, by the way, you, you are more than just your body. Whether you know it or not, you've thought this on multiple occasions. When you were a little child, you thought things like, I'm so happy that I was born in America. I think you probably thought that. At least that's what people used to think. Now we apologize for that, but we used to think, I'm so glad I was born in the United States. You know, when we were growing up, our parents said, eat your food. Think of all the starving kids in China. And we thought, well, I don't want to live in China. I want to live here where I have to eat this food, even though I don't like it. And I'm so glad you thought I was born in America. I'm so glad I have the parents that I have. And you know what you were thinking? You were thinking actually that your life and you, the you that you are, was something more than just your flesh and your bone and your nationality and your geography and this material part of you. And it's true. That's the immaterial part of you. You had an understanding to think that way before anybody like me pointed it out to you that you have an immaterial part of yourself. But there's this physical part of yourself. And this physical part of self has basically three functions, and maybe more than this, you can expand on it for me, but it feeds us. We eat and drink with it. We sustain our earthly existence with this body. It reproduces us. We use our bodies to propagate ourselves and perpetuate more and more of us on the earth. And this body also is awakened to protect us from whatever might threaten our existence. So it feeds us, it reproduces us, and it protects us. And these are legitimate expressions of our body But it's in these legitimate areas that the defilement of sin comes upon our flesh. We sin in the excesses of what we eat and drink. It's gluttony and drunkenness and addictions. And that's a sin of this impulse, this legitimate impulse that God gives us and it becomes a defilement in our flesh. We also come into defilement of sexual sins as we use our bodies in ways that are impure. And then we also sin because we Protect and assert ourselves when anything seems to interfere with what we think will bring us pleasure and security. React to those or anyone who seems to somehow encroach upon what I think I want for my good, for the satisfaction of what I want to consume, and the satisfaction of what I want to express. As a result, our bodies become defiled. and They pick up the defilement of that sin. But then those sins that formulate in our flesh fix upon our souls so that when exposed to the sins of the body, we can become, in spirit, defiled as well. In spirit, we become selfish and proud and insensitive and bitter and jealous and envious and unforgiving and hateful and judgmental and unloving and neglectful. And we can do all that even while we maintain some sort of self-righteous spirit before others. And this is more than just a body that's defiled. This is a spirit that's defiled by sin. If you've given your life to the Lord Jesus, you're a new man, the Bible says. If anyone is in Christ, the Bible says he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Everything has become new. We're new persons in Christ. We're given by God at salvation a new spirit. And the old man that we were before that dies at salvation. And a new man is created in the likeness of Jesus Christ. But the new man that we become is still housed in the same old body. And we find in that old body things that were left behind by the old inhabitant. The old man who once lived there leaves behind a lot of rotten things, a lot of sinful things, and a lot of defiling things. Have you ever noticed that when you buy a house, the people who owned it before try to clean it out for you, especially if it's not a new house, a new build, they try to clean it for you, but it doesn't matter. You've got to go through the house and clean it yourself you got to try to get all their dirt out. you got to make that thing as clean as possible. You'll go, we did it. We bought our house, and we didn't just clean things. We zero-lacked walls. We did all kinds of things to get it as clean as possible, and then you know, we put our own dirt into it, right? Because you get it all clean, and you get it all right, and then, well, you know, the, the dirt just keeps sweeping in from the world you live in, and you bring it in yourself. It gets on your feet. You tread it into it. This is what happens. When you come to Christ for salvation, you become a new creature in Christ, The old man who once lived within your body, who was filled with sin and in rebellion against God, the Bible says at the moment of conversion that that old man is put to death and he dies at the cross of Jesus Christ. And at that moment, you receive a new resurrected life. You become a new person. Again, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. And that new man begins to inhabit that old body, your old body that house is still the same and so you've got a job to do you got to begin cleaning out anything that that old man left behind in that body you don't want it to begin to defile you your life and your spirit by the way if a person moves into a home and they live in that home and after they clean it all out they start accumulating their own filth in that home if they don't clean that out the house will not just become filthy they'll become filthy too they'll just live in the squalor if they don't keep it clean on a regular basis I come into this new creation through Jesus Christ living in this old body and I have to clean it out and I have to take those old things out but then having cleaned them out I've got to keep it clean still because the dust of this world will continue to sweep into it and my job is to sweep it out and if I don't this body will just get filthier and filthier and filthier and not only that my spirit will become defiled as well so you've got to keep it clean that's one of your jobs in pursuing a pure and holy life so how do you keep it clean? How do you keep it clean? This passage says that we are to cleanse ourselves of flesh and spirit. But when you read the Bible, most of the time you'll find that this idea of cleansing doesn't belong to us, it belongs to God. God is the one who cleanses us. God is the one who washes us. And so it would seem to me that our text is not suggesting that I can wash away my own sins. Instead, it's calling upon me to repeat the acts that made it possible for God to make me clean in the first place. Remember, my first act was to awaken to my need, and it was to repent, and was to believe in Jesus. John puts it this way in 1 John 1.9. He says this to the believer. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. I become a Christian when I wake up to my need. I confess my sin I take hold of Christ as my righteousness and my newfound purity, and he makes me clean. And then I continue to follow him and live in him, and he transforms my life, and I begin to pursue holiness in the same way in which I initially came to him. I, I read my Bible. As I read my Bible, the Spirit begins to speak through me. I step into the light of Christ's moral commands, and there I bring into the light my flesh and my spirit, my soul, and I catch myself at times inching into sin and i catch at times sin inching into me and the spirit of god this is the life of the christian now causes me alarm and i don't want it there and i bring it out of my house and i confess it and i lay it before the lord jesus and i put it under his cleansing blood and he washes me and cleanses me of all defilement it's a part of my endeavor to be holy And from there, at that moment, I claim the Lord Jesus to give me his righteousness again and renew his life and his power within me and to live out that moral excellence of his righteous life from me. I take him to turn me away from my self-orientation and direct me instead to live in mercy towards others. I take him to turn me from those places where I have brought into my life defiling attitudes and to renew me by pouring into me his own pure heart and his own pure desires. I take him to reorder my self asserting, my self protecting, my self disrupting life by his grace and to work in me his life of peace and wholeness in order that I might make peace with others by living a life like Jesus of self sacrifice and self giving. And that's holiness. That's holiness. And that's what God's called us to. I take Christ by his indwelling spirit as the power to be holy like him. I became a Christian by turning from sin and self and taking hold of Christ alone. And I live the life of the Christian in the exact same way. This is the cleansing life of holiness that we're called to. And we come to it because we have the promise that he's our Father. Let's bow our heads. Oh, how precious and wonderful to think that by faith in your Son, Jesus Christ, you have vanquished my poverty and you've enriched me with your own righteousness. And in that moment, you came and dwelt within me and I have you as a certain possession. And you came never to leave me again. You've coveted yourself to me. And I am yours forever. You've given me the name of your son. You've given us the name of sons and daughters. And you, O God, are our father. And We are the apple of your eye. This is our possession by faith in Jesus Christ. And in this possession, we boldly want to go forward to a world that needs to know you. We know that Men are being consumed in their lost state and they're drifting from you and they're facing your judgment. And the problem is not simply that they're victims of sin. The problem, O oh God, is that oftentimes they're exultant and they're committed in their rebellion. They're committed to themselves and not to you. And what they need is the gentle, strong arm of those. Who find the moral excellency of Jesus Christ living within them, who are unmoved against the shifting tides of whatever's popular around us and whatever's accepted and not accepted. The moral ground of an absolute God who has transformed us by his mercy and his grace, and live out that holiness and gentle assurance. Live it before others unfailingly calling them to the transforming life that can be theirs through Jesus Christ alone. Lord Jesus, ones I love need this, need this. There are some this morning that need it too. Oh, by your power, help us to be a light shining it out to others by what we say and by how we live. We ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Thanks for listening to the Bread of Life today. This is a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. If you want to find audio copies of this broadcast or copies of full-length sermons, go to breadoflifeboise.org. There you can also learn about our work around the world or in our community. And there you can find a link to contribute to this ongoing radio ministry. Now, until we meet again before the Word of God, may God bless you.